Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, IndyCar fans. This is Nathan Brown, your motorsports insider with the Indianapolis Star, here for a Indy 500 preview edition of uh, IndyCar Weekly here, as always, with Jack Harvey from Meyershank Racing. Um, Jack, you were just talking about finally getting settled into the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for good here for the next um, 13 days or so. Uh, is all of all of the um, excitement around the 500. I know it comes with lots of meetings for you guys, especially on a day like today on Monday when there's no on-track activity, but is um, are things starting to finally settle in a little bit? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, the 500 in truth is a race that we're always so excited for, you know, even in the you know heart of winter, that's probably fuel that keeps everyone uh, working really hard and, you know, I, I stayed, I did stay at home, you know, throughout the GP. I use the RV a little bit in the day, but, uh, you know, today's the first time I've uh, brought clothes and, uh, you know, towels and whatnot to the track. And yeah, there's just something nice about having a place that, uh, you know, feels homey, obviously, you know, in an RV and whatnot, but, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't know, it's almost like it feels like tradition, you know, it almost, almost would be weird to stay at home, you know, every night and not, uh, be here not that there's you know a ton happening in the evenings or anything like that but um it's always a good time man. i just you know i just love this place you know i said it all all week uh all last week you know i just i really love being here the atmosphere of the place and um you know in may you just want to keep soaking it in like you just don't really want that month to stop but what's the driver's um food setup like um in the rv i've I will admit I have uh, stayed probably single digit days in an RV and it was probably during uh, some family camping days when I was like eight or nine years old. So I don't exactly know what the RV life is like. Tell us a little bit about um, how you can make that. I mean, I know it's what basically all drivers do. um, And I know nice RVs give you a good amount of space, but what is you know, sleeping in uh, a bed that's not your own and, you know, making meals and stuff um, and that like for these next week and a half or two weeks? Uh, it's not too bad, mate. You know, I, a lot of my childhood when we were go-karting and whatnot was all... It's... pretty stocked and uh, it's just funny because when, when we come here we, we basically get our our essentials and sometimes that is just a hilarious you know shopping trip when you're like well what do we really need you know to like get through <laughs> because we have lunch like at the track and stuff so we're really only making uh, most of making dinner um you know so we'll probably cook a couple of nights we'll probably go out and grab food 
you know, a couple of nights. But I think the thing that people forget is, I mean, we don't stop practicing until six, you know, so I'm probably not even back at the RV till, you know, at least eight, you know, if not, sure. uh, you know, by 8.30, 8.45. And, you know, at that point, just getting food, honestly, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, the tastiest meal or whatever. No doubt. We actually went to a, uh, you know, meal prep service um, before just to get some, uh, you know, what we're hoping is quality, uh, you know, but easy meals straight in the mic, you know, no messing about, get them, get them heated up and warm and then, you know, try and unwind a little bit before getting up to repeat. And, you know, I think the, the way the schedule is this year compared to like my first 500, you know, is actually a lot less time on track. Um, you know, so that stretch in the, in the month doesn't feel as bad. I mean, I may even go home, you know, maybe Wednesday night, but then, you know, honestly getting ready for, you know, Fast Friday, then qualifying, you know, then later in the week with it. So next week, you know, carb day, race day, there's just something special about being at the track. So um, pretty nostalgic, a lot of basics, you know, if you want cereal, I'm, I'm definitely got plenty of cereal that people can have, <laughs> um, but nothing to, uh, we're not, we're not five-star cuisine, that's for sure. That's fair. I, I have to wonder, um, because it certainly had me starting to glance at the 15 day forecasts. When you start, you, know, you get past the GMR Grand Prix, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, and the Monday of the start of practice week is as gloomy and rainy and stormy as it has been. Um, as a driver, do you start looking at the forecasts at all? Um, whether it's for practice or qualifying or race day, or is there a day where you would start to look at things particularly for, race day um knowing that things can change so frequently in the the next two weeks i think the that was that saying in indy you know if you don't like the weather wait you know 10 or 15 minutes or something you're right um, that's true you know i feel like the weather here is so uh, unpredictable and the amount of times it rains been on the forecast and it hasn't come or you know that it was meant to be a beautiful day and suddenly it got gloomy and rainy um yeah i mean you know the weather doesn't look great for you know tomorrow which is going to be our first day on track track on tuesday um i think you have to keep an eye on the weather because obviously it affects the plans a little bit and um whatnot and the guys have been doing really good on that the, the difficult thing is you know on, on ovals i think i may have said this after texas there's just a lot of like hurry up and wait around you know yeah. like it's, it's really you know, when, when we're at the track, we're focused on on-track performances, getting in the car, things like that. And then suddenly when it rains and now you can't do that, you're like a kid in a candy store, but like on a leash, you know, you just can't, uh, no one's going to let you loose. And, you know, in that moment, patience is difficult for me. Um, you know, but also I think it's just a a moment where the team have to be, you know, flexible, but ready to go, you know, and like be patient, but ready to go and wait around, don't get too antsy, but be ready to go, you know. And I think that's what's nice about having the RV as well is it's just a place to come and, you know, make uh, just a little bit of your sanctuary. That's a great point. Um, well, before we get uh, a little deeper into the 500 um, want to dive in real quickly here uh, about this weekend's GMR Grand Prix. Um, 
won by Renus VK of Ed Carpenter Racing. Uh, we had Romain Grosjean on the pole for um, the first time in his just a uh, three race long IndyCar career, which I know brought a lot of um, attention to the series. It was another one of those, excuse me, <clears throat> another one of those kind of bittersweet weekends for you guys started off so incredibly strong, um, you know, qualifying uh, right up there toward the front uh, in, in a day that ended about halfway through uh not ended i guess completely but um shots at it ending up on the podium where you certainly expected and hoped to be um ended there about halfway through take us through you know what happened uh on that that pit stop there around the lap over it was lap 35 to 40 mark um and how your guys's day kind of unfolded from there yeah i mean i i think our whole day you know, really started with a pretty bold, aggressive strategy. And that was, you know, from starting P3, starting on the, uh, you know, the primary tyres. And I don't think a lot of people expected that. Uh, but I still think it was the right thing to do, which obviously was the same strategy as uh, Renus, who went on to win the race, as you said. Um, got a great start, managed to get into P2 just ahead of, uh, you know, Joseph, obviously behind Remain. Uh, couldn't keep pace at that point to Remain, but obviously... Don't think anybody really expected us to being on the primary black tires instead of the alternate reds. Uh, came in for our first stop. Everything was clean. Uh, went back out. Thought we had a you know pretty decent stop in the on the hole. And at that point, honestly, it was just running a pretty. I managed to get to reback by Joseph Newgarden again, but um, you know at that point, pretty much running a you know stable, you know, and consistent P two. But the nice thing about starting in the primaries is that we had red tires the whole rest of the way. Uh, and, you know, this weekend, I think a lot of people felt that the red was, you know, quite a bit quicker than the uh, primaries. So, you know, we at that point, we thought we were in, in really great shape. And, you know, so much of that stopped from my side on the, you know, the one that causes an issue looked great, you know, from where I was. And, you know, the team sent me and said, go. And then they said, stop, you know, and because we had a, a right rear uh, issue. And, you know, initially there was a, a problem with the actual wheel gun itself. So, uh, you know, the, the nut was on uh, the car, uh, but obviously it wouldn't fasten because the wheel had stopped working. And then in the midst of trying to have a, you know, a slow stop because of a bad gun, uh, in that melee, the valve stem uh, got hit and got destroyed. Then we lost all the pressure. So not only did we have a bad stop, we also then had a, a self-inflicted puncture, which... Um, in reality, that was the race killer. You know, that's the moment that, um, you know, really, really hurt the race to go, you know, essentially two laps down, uh, you know, because of that um, just hurts. You know, it's a real it's a sting for, for me, for the team. And, um, you know, so much of the last, oh, last day and a half, I guess, he just been sat there pondering what could have been because, not that it really means anything, but I think we had a, about a five-second buffer when we came into the pit stop on Renus on the same tyre strategy, get, you know, going to the end of the race. So, you know, I, I felt like we had a, a potential race-winning day. You know, I certainly felt like we had pace to be on the podium. So, um, yeah, that was that was extremely frustrating, especially after Texas, you know, when, you know, we had a little issue there with the... Uh, 
right rear, uh, you know, bearing. And, you know, you come to find out that was a, you know, a self-inflicted wound, basically. It was just a, an issue with how it was put together. And then you have this weekend and, you know, it just sucks because, you know, I feel like both of those weekends have had, you know, podium potential. I'm not saying that, um, you know, we were for sure going to finish there because you don't know what's ever around the corner. But um, I, I have to admit that that for sure was a, a sting. You know, I love, you know, the, uh, you know, Indy Road course and it's a special place to me. I've had a lot of first time things happen here and, you know, certainly it would have been nice to have had our first win yeah that being said there's there's a lot of good things that happen on our weekend you know to qualify where we did to be battling to win um that's awesome you know and, and that's what we initially i was just frustrated um uh, you know but once i had a second to breathe and whatnot that was the message you know we kept saying to the team and you know communicated to everybody i mean we have to stop these errors uh you know like we, we just can't have them uh you know and i think we all hold ourselves to uh you know a good standard and one or two things have happened that isn't meeting those standards. So, you know, as a, as a team, we have to, we have to address that because that's two weekends in a row it's happened. And, you know, frankly, we're heading into the biggest race now, but once we sort out those things and we can cut out those mistakes, you know, I mean, we really are, you know, pushing, you know, a lot of weekends to, you know, fight for podiums, fight for top fives and, you know, inevitably when you're in those positions, fight for wins. So there's so much good stuff, happening um and, and in a lot of ways that's what makes it bittersweet because we know where we think we could have been uh and, and certainly it felt like a day of um that we just lost you know and uh I, you know i hate i hate to say it, it was a you know the, the wheel gun for sure failed and that's frustrating you know but the you know the the, the puncher really was what killed the day so um yeah mate i i kind of hard to just sum up you know in what in one statement you know the emotions of IndyGP but uh, you know on the whole there was there were so many positive things you know that we're, we're doing nine out of ten things really really well but IndyCar is so competitive right now to get the final end result you, you've pretty much got to have a perfect day and uh, you know we haven't been perfect yet so some work to do but uh, you know we might as well try and fix that this uh, well this next coming two weeks does a weekend in an just a an instant like that where your you know everything that you had worked for for you know a whole weekend and everything that was trending in your right your guys's right direction when it ends like that does it do you well I guess I mean maybe some of this is still um yet to be known but is it able are you able to put it behind you any more quickly or any easier because you have something so important and so exciting like the Indy 500 now um, right up here is the the next race to focus on. Oh, mate, for sure. You know, this is why I said to the team, the best thing that's happened is that there's another race happening straight away, you know, because frankly, I said to the guys, I mean, I was disappointed. I was gutted Saturday. I was ticked most of yesterday, in all fairness. And, uh, you know, I woke up this morning just hungry to try and try and fix it. And, you know, if the, the team don't feel that, then, you know, maybe motorsport's not their thing. Um, you know, and I saw the guys and, you know, I, I could feel the um, disappointment still, you know, obviously we're humans. But there was definitely that, that feistiness in the team, 
you know, that desire, you know, is still there. And, you know, not that I want to keep finding new mistakes to make, but very rarely do we ever replicate them twice. So I think it's great there's a weekend coming up. I think it's extra ace that it's the Indy 500 because it's the race we all love so much. Um, but in truth, you know, it could have been any weekend. I, I think it's healthy to, you know, immediately, as they say, get back up on the horse, get going again. Let's, you know, have a good first day of practice and then just, you know, keep building throughout the whole month. The, the worst thing that could happen on a on a weekend like we just had is that there's a, you know, a three-week break, you know. And if it happens and we do have a three-week break later in the season, you know, we'll deal with it. We'll deal with it in a nice way. But uh, I think in this moment, I'm, I'm very happy that we're back on track right away. We've got a, what, about a, like a five-week break now with the uh, loss of Toronto on the schedule between now what will, I think will be Mid-Ohio and then Nashville. So hopefully something like that doesn't happen at Mid-Ohio and linger for you for more than a month. But um, as we, we go into uh, this week of practice, first day on track is tomorrow um, with some, I think, uh, just rookie time and then goes into some um, full field practice and then you guys are you know straight full throttle Wednesday Thursday Friday as long as the weather cooperates when you guys start to plan out um, what these next four days look like for you guys I know Friday is a little different because they turn the boost up um, and you guys get to experience what qualifying speeds will be like but specifically for Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday uh, and, and add in the, um, the component of now having a teammate um, with Elio join alongside you that you have had in some ways with Andretti, but haven't had maybe, you know, quite to this level with um, having a, a true teammate like Elio in the 06 car. Um, how do you guys begin to map out what you guys are targeting to achieve? Is it more about just going day by day um, and seeing how the weather affects the schedule and what you guys are able to and not able to accomplish, or do you guys right now have a pretty good idea of everything that you guys are targeting kind of day by day or session by session um, for these next couple of days? Uh, yeah. I mean, we have a tentative plan, you know, for, for every day and how we hope the week is going to play out. Um, certainly the weather doesn't look awesome uh, tomorrow, but uh, I think mean, the team have been really good at being adaptable. You know, I think that's a great talent for, for all teams and an essential one in, in sport. And, um, you know, so far, if you said, hey, you know, what's on the agenda these days? You know, I could, I could tell you within, uh, you know, uh, a decent uh, window of what we're doing. Obviously, we want the weather to cooperate all day, uh, you know, for all the days as well, should I say likelihood is it uh, it may not at least for one of them and you know that's when we have to be good and be flexible but there's definitely a tentative plan um you know and we have backup plans on backup plans to of how to um you know react the best i guess and go from there but uh, yeah it, it, it's nice having elio here you know i really enjoy uh, you know, his company, I really enjoy how fantastic a race car driver he is. I love listening to him describe the car. And, you know, we definitely have a, you know, uh, our relationship with Andretti Autosport is, is fantastic. You know, it really, really is. Um, you know, but with Elio, he's a true teammate where I'm, I'm still not exactly sure what the appropriate word is to describe 
my relationship with, you know, Colton, Alexander, Ryan, James, um, I get pseudo teammates, maybe. I, you know, I'm not sure. I keep asking that we should maybe clarify this a little bit. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that aside, you know, I, I get on really well with everybody. Um, you know, just excited to keep working and keep learning. You know, but I'm really excited to have a, a true teammate in Elio, a guy who's been so good at Indy. He's won it three times. But honestly, he's, he's fought to win it, you know, a decent amount more than that. And yeah, he's just been, he's been great. You know, I, I think the guy's awesome. So I feel like we're in a really good position to have a good month. We just have to, uh, you know, keep digging along here and try and make it happen. How incredibly anxious is Elio to get into this? I know, I think last year, um, technically the 500 was his first race of the year. Um, so he, he had a, a gap where he had to just kind of pick things up right away as far as the 500 goes and, and try to compete as well as possible in his last year with Team Penske. But I have to imagine, um, especially hearing some of the things that he said over the last couple of months, you know, how much he really wanted to be in the GP and, uh, you know, despite things just kind of not working out from the team side to, to put that together, how anxious um, can you sense he is to be able to finally get in a race car tomorrow? Oh, I mean, you know, our first test at Laguna, I could see how excited he was. And <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just hopeful that, you know, when, when I get to the same age as he is now, that, you know, I have that same passion and, you know, love of the sport to, you know, keep going and want to keep going and keep working hard and, you know, all them things. And, you know, he is incredibly in the nicest way. And I got told off for using this word a while ago. He's an infectious person to be around. His personality, you know, he's happy all the time. Um, he's genuine all the time, you know, he's not always happy, but like, you know, he has a positivity around him, you know, that's just awesome. And I think it's great that you see him so hungry to, to get on track. I know he wanted to be at the GP and, he, you know, he was here, uh, you know, watching and, uh, you know, giving his uh, opinions on the things that he could see, which, you know, always useful and very helpful. And I think it's great. You know, I mean, when, when we chatted to Michael, ages and ages ago and he said that there was some desire to get a second car going i it was like okay like you know whatever you think is right but you know put someone in there who can contribute and you know who really wants to be here and elio is that person more so you know i think we know he's going to be incredibly quick throughout the whole of may uh you know no doubt about it at all um you know and i hope the rest of the season plans out really well for him because i would love to see him in that uh 06 car full-time next year. We saw you last year uh, in the 500 break-in with your first top 10 finish. You finished ninth there um, when things were all said and done. But I know one aspect of your the four 500s that you participated in, um, you haven't always, guys haven't always been able to qualify super strongly. What is, I mean, is that, has that part of your guys's 500 preparation been something that you guys have been supremely focused on this off season? I think last year was actually your guys's um, strongest qualifying performance there around 20th. And I know that that mid pack of the field is always so incredibly tight. You could be, you know, a couple tenths off in 20th. You could be a couple tenths off of, you know, 15th or 16th. Um, or even, you know, 10th or 11th or 12th. It's, it's such a, um, exciting day of racing. Um, when you guys are qualifying on that Saturday and get in the middle of the pack 
set up, but what, um, what level of confidence do you have going into uh, an oval qualifying, oval qualifying setup and the first oval qualifying that we will have had this year? Oh, I'm optimistic we're going to have a great one. Uh, you know, I was really disappointed with how we qualified at the 500 last year. Uh, you know, I thought we were showing way more speed than that throughout uh, the month. And, you know, I thought we had a great race, which also made me disappointed how qualifying went. Because if, you know, if we had started better, I think we would have, you know, raced to the front a bit more as well. Um, you know, the, 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 four, the four best and worst laps you're ever going to drive is the Indy 500 qualifying day. Uh, you know, the cars vary on the edge, obviously trying to be fast. Um, you know, I, I think that I can tell you that a huge amount of the resource that we have, at, you know, MSR went into making the number 60 automation Sirius XM Honda fast on qualifying day, you know, and for us to be in the fast nine is, is the, the hope, uh, you know, that's where we want to be. We haven't been there yet. And, you know, I, I hate how, you know, our best qualifying was last year in like P20, you know, at this place, but, um, you know, I think we have a, I think we have a lot of space. Uh, sorry, we have a lot of pace, and I hope we just uh, execute in the right moment. And you know, I trust the team to to give me that, and you know they trust me to go out and try and drive as as quickly as I can. But um, you know, even as a fan, I used to love coming, you know, just watching when I was in Indy Lights. So we had the year off, like qualifying weekend to me is just it's just awesome. You know, I love watching people go out and try and push, you know, as uh, the equipment as hard as they can, and just everything as hard as they can, and obviously you know, keep it out of the wall because I know the, uh, you know, the knock-on effects of that. And yeah, I think uh, just really excited to get going, especially excited as I know how much hard work the team have put into, uh, you know, be good this weekend. I've always been curious uh, because I know it's qualifying for the 500 is, I guess it's in some ways, from how I understand it, something that you can kind of practice in a way, but you probably aren't going like that last, like half a percent as hard in those qualifying Sims um, on track, you know, in the lead up Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I know when the boost is turned up Friday, that's the first time that you really get to feel what the car is like at that speed, but kind of take me through like, how close are you really able to, getting to simulate how um, trimmed out and, you know, high speeds and going for it that you will, will be on Saturday and um, hopefully Sunday on the, on the right side of things on Sunday going into qualifying. It's an interesting week, mate, honestly, because so much of the week is dedicated to the race car. That that's what you usually get into on Fast Friday is mm-hmm. – Okay, like where do we stack up? And I think most people have a little bit of an idea, you know, before Friday. Um, you know, but obviously that is when they turn the boost up. And I think last year, the level they turned it up, um, you know, not necessarily caught us off guard, but, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, affected the car a little bit more than what uh, we thought it was going to. So then it's about adapting quick and, you know, trying to make, uh, you know, good changes on the fly, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you know, everyone knows what you're going to say after that. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, look, at the end of the day, as a driver, you, you love it when they turn the boost up and we can rattle out lap times above 230 miles an hour. You know, in the, in the time that I've been here, I know that's the magic number, you know, just seeing a car go over that for average speed. And it just, uh, you know, it feels like you're in, you know, paradise at that moment. And, 
you know, I, I just I so love what we have opportunity to do. Um, you know, I love the level of blind faith that IndyCar drivers have. You know, we're going hurtling into turn one and you're just hoping that it sticks, frankly, sometimes. Um, you know, I just love the uh, I just love how this month brings out, you know, the very best of of all the of all the drivers and the teams. And, you know, I, I just hope that I hope we qualify well, I hope we race well and we can leave uh, you know, May twenty one with our heads held high and um, you know, hopefully with a, a mini Borg and a, a winner's ring coming our way. But um yeah, you know, it's before before we can even get into the race, we've got to make sure the uh you know the qualifying car's good and we'll go from there. Let's answer a, a couple questions that we've gotten from folks here um today. First one comes from uh Jason Johnson actually harping on a topic that was um, a, uh, I'd say a, a decently talked about um, conversation post race uh, of the GMR Grand Prix in regards to some comments that Romain Grosjean had made about blue flags. He says, um, Jack Harvey thoughts on blue flags as both an F1 and IndyCar fan. It's an interesting difference in competition rules. I don't have a preference necessarily, but curious about Jack um in any of your experience in europe uh in shaping those opinions blue flag is an interesting one again you know it depends what side of the fence you sat on you know the way that indycar the race plays out and you know the fact that they do do wave around rules and lap, lapped cars can you know typically get their laps back uh hmm. i think my thoughts on it if you're two laps down you know to everybody then, you know, a command blue like IndyCar do, I think is fair. You know, at that point, like, unless you get two yellows and at that point, you know, letting the leader go to carry on his race isn't impeding yours. And if you do get those yellows, that's great. Um, you know, but certainly you're not having a great day. And I guess at that point, my, my personal thing is let's not, we don't, we're not trying to get in the way of anyone else. You know, and I said that to the team, you know, this weekend just gone. And I was like, look, you know, if someone behind us is, you know, in a, in a battle or a race or something like that, let's not get in their way, you know, because our race has ran, hasn't what we wanted, but, uh, you know, our race is done. So let's go from there. And I think uh, if you're a lap down and only one lap down, I think you're well within your right then to keep fighting for it because for the same reason, if there is a yellow, you get your lap back. We all know how unpredictable IndyCar racing is. That's why we say we love it. <laughs> and in that moment, I think it's fair that you keep battling or battle to try and get that lap back. You know, so it's kind of my my take on blue flags. I think coming from Europe, I think the thing is, if, you, if you're getting a blue flag, I guess they see that your day is already done. You know, and the way that the in the races there, if you have a safety car or whatever, I mean, they don't unlap the cars you know and rarely you see them even get the opportunity and i think that's where the um not the disconnect but just the differences shine through and i think that's the reason there's even any difference in the first place Fair point uh and we got one here from andy Merrick. he asks jack without going into team details can you give us a couple general examples of what kind of quote-unquote programs a team runs through during indy 500 practice sessions yeah so i mean all indycar teams will run a software called uh, pi 
you know, for all the data logging and things like that. We also have race tools, which is going to be popping up as well, uh, you know, to see positionings on, you know, current standings, same as what I think a lot of fans have, you know, access to after that. Other things we have, I mean, we have radar systems, you know, that we try and use in the best way, uh, you know, wind, all, all the normal stuff, mate, but probably nothing. I, I almost feel like people would expect us to have a slightly better answer to that, um, you know, than what I really do have, sadly, but... Yeah, it's, we, we get live telemetry, which I think is pretty cool. So the team normally know when I'm having a, you know, a little wobble or, you know, a bit of a lively moment or something. And, you know, it's like they've been quick to ask me what happened one time or two. But, um, yeah, I, I, our, uh, mm, our, our software is, is pretty uh, not limited, but uh, no, nothing radical on that one, I'm afraid. Is that just due to what's allowed by the series or is it just – those are the programs that just kind of make sense for IndyCar and that's what everyone has um, adapted to and tends to use over the years. It's a great question, mate. I'm not entirely sure if I have the answer on that. Um, I would say for a lot of people, it's probably resource and cost, you know, to be able to have that because, you know, some programs may require, you know, one person just being dedicated to it therefore just another resource another cost um i don't know if indycar mandate them you know like a this is what you can only use and you can't use other other things it's a, it's a great question of one i'm going to ask the team tomorrow now uh and then he's got one for me that i'll answer here real quick just what is it like to cover the 500 as a journalist um exactly how much work goes into it i'll i'll sum it up real quick um lots of coffee not a whole lot of sleep um, lots of scattered lists on, uh, my phone and probably like three or four notepads, which I need to do a better job of trying to consolidate into one, um, between, you know, lists of, you know, sources that I've already reached out to for stories, um, folks I need to call back folks I need to reach out to for the first time, um, stories that are kind of like in the mix, essentially for me right now, I've got like you know, the plan to, to do a, a daily story every day, just from what happens around the track, but then also have, um, what we would call like an enterprise piece. It's either like an, an interesting feature or analysis or a historical look back, um, that is related to anniversaries around this year's race. Um, and, and planning for all of that goes back to like, I think we started having meetings in March just about what our content is going to be. And by now it's just kind of, um, probably in some ways, a lot of like these, like the, the teams and drivers in some way where it's just all about executing those plans, um, that you have drawn out and refined. Um, and some of it is about, you know, just, just going on the fly. If there's a story that falls through for some reason, trying to find another one that, that works out. And, uh, if there's a, you know, a big crash in practice or, um, uh, a storyline and qualifying that we're, we're not expecting necessarily, whether it's team making or not making the race, that's a little bit uh, out of left field. You just kind of have to be adaptable to that. Uh, but it's what makes covering this race and what co makes covering this sport so incredibly exciting and, um, and why this time of the year is the most invigorating for, for everyone that's around it. Um, well, with that, uh, we will wrap things up today. Uh, again, we're taping here on Monday. Track action begins 
tomorrow uh, on Tuesday at IMS Weather Pending. Uh, you can catch all of that action live on Peacock streaming there. Uh, and of course, the gates of IMS are now open. So if you are interested in coming out to practice, I think you can just walk up and get tickets um, or go online uh, to IMS.com and buy those. Uh, walk up in person or give the folks at the ticket office a call. Uh, thanks again for joining us this weekend, Jack, and uh, best of luck as you guys hopefully hit the track tomorrow. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I really enjoy getting these done and hopefully give people some insight into what the month looks like for us. But uh, until next week, as they say. Thanks for listening, guys.